everyone, my name is Nicole Hartzenberg and this is Lib. And today I have with me Ayodeji Alaketu, who is also known as Deji. And he is from America and working as a doctor here in Japan. So Deji, how's it going? Hello, Nicole. It is going well. Hello, everyone else. Uh, as she said, I am here in Japan. I've been here since last September. It is July now. Um, so it's been amazing and it's been hot. Yes, it's summer in Japan, well, in Tokyo, and it's as humid as, humid as it can get. Okay, um, so just want to, I, I knew or I met you through some missionary friends here in, in Tokyo, and I was really happy to meet you. And I think I, um, as I was reading your, your, your blog online, I thought, oh, wow, like you're quite a good writer and you, you really share the gospel in a really, um, clear way. And that was really awesome. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if you'd be keen to come on board and just chat to me about some topics. And specifically, today we'll be talking about gender and a gender identity and what that all is about. But before we get into that, mm -hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Where are you from? And uh, yeah, anything you'd like to share? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, and then, yes, a quick shout out to my blog, goddessyourblog.com. Check us out. Uh, goddessyourblog.com. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, so, no yeah, my, my name is Ayodeji Lakitu. Um, I go by Deji. Uh, I've been, uh, I'm the, the oldest of four boys coming from Nigerian parents from New York and America. Shouts out to New York. Um, I moved from New York. I went to uh, medical school, Morehouse School of Medicine in Atlanta, Georgia. Did my residency with the United States Air Force in California, and, and God and the Air Force brought me to Japan. So wow. uh, I work as an urgent care doctor, and I am very honored. Uh, I've been following God for seven years now. The same time I started my medical school journey, mm -hmm. and it's been it's been a, a, a crazy run since. Sure. So thanks for sharing. Actually, I want to know what drew you into Christianity in in medical school so were you born in a christian family or did you choose it for yourself a bit later yes great question um if you know anything about nigerians they're very spiritual they love to pray so mm -hmm. uh, i was born in a christian family ish my, my dad was muslim but didn't really follow it uh i grew up going to catholic school so i got to see the dichotomy between you know, formal Catholicism and then like West African Christianity with speaking in tongues, calling fire down. Yeah. It's the same God, but two different ways of serving them. Yeah. And I was very confused. In college, I was away from my family for the first time. And I kind of started finding my own way. By the end of college in 2014, I decided to start reading the Bible. Um, I was in my last year and I was about to graduate. Uh, and I figured, you know what? I study all these textbooks I don't ever study the, this holy book, so I started reading the Bible on my own, and about a year and a half into it, I, I well, a year and a half later, I finished it, and that year and a half journey was pretty crazy. Uh, I learned a lot about who God was, and no one told me some of the things that I read in the Bible. Um, the church didn't really teach some of the things that I saw. Uh, I tell everybody that if the Bible was rated was a, like a whole movie, it would be rated R. There's a lot of <laughs> a, a lot of violence. Sure. A lot of a lot of horrible things in the Bible, and you don't even know. Uh, but uh, it's a great book, and uh, I recommend anybody to read it, especially if you call yourself a Christian. Um, I, uh, when I moved to uh, Georgia, uh, I was studying medical school, 
And I was away from my family, uh, away from everybody I knew in a new, in a new state. And I had all this knowledge of the Bible, but I didn't know how to how to channel it. I prayed for a church um, that uh, would teach me the Bible, but a church that I could impact. I didn't want to just be a consumer. And I found one it's called The Path. Shout out to The Path Church. And uh, they helped me understand a little deeper. I, I made a decision to be baptized. And since then, I would probably say that's like when my journey really started kicking off. And uh, me and God started getting closer. That's so awesome. Thanks for sharing. Can you tell me uh, what's your, well, lately, what have you been reading in the Bible that's been really touching your heart? Yes, yes. Um, lately, um, I've been reading a lot of things. The The biggest one is not really in the Bible, but studying how other churches, how church history. So mm. I used to be super only Bible, no other resources allowed. And um, I still kind of am like that, but I started reading more books. And most importantly, I started studying uh, the Christianity after Revelation. So like after John, like what happened, the history which behind um, Catholicism taking over and the division between the Protestants and Catholicism and then all the branches after that. And just trying to see how God has really been working with humans over the last 2000 years after Jesus his death. And um, sure. that, yeah, that's then then pulling that all back to the Bible. How far have Christians left the Bible? And the sad thing is that there's a lot of Christians who don't believe everything the Bible says yes, yes. or they believe in some they believe in what they do believe in, but it's a wrong interpretation. And that's kind of where I'm studying right now. Um, Jesus and the New Testament warned us about false teachers. The Old Testament warned us about false prophets. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we're going to talk about soon, it, it's, we're going towards a society where no one knows what true truth is, yeah. including Christians, which is unfortunate. Sure. That's just so refreshing to hear people are seeking more about the roots of Christianity because I'm Creole Catholic and I was in the Catholic Church, but I only really started questioning my faith and the things we did only as an early in early twenties. Mm. And it was because I um a lot portion of my friends are Protestant. I love them to pieces, like I have such good friends. Um but there was always this question of some things that we did and I was always I wasn't like a hundred percent sure. I didn't like being in that place. And so the more I did research and I looked into what the early church did, the more comfortable I felt in my faith. And also the scripture became alive because suddenly I understood where all these traditions and things came from. It just came from the scripture. Um, so that's definitely, especially Christians. And I think you can go to any form, maybe Catholics or just maybe the Christians who read the Bible at least. That's just like a generalization. But I think overall Christianity really has, as Christians, we have a lot of work to do just to know the Bible and know God through scripture. Or is people going to rewrite it for us and we just going to follow without knowing the truth? Yep. yep. Yeah. As, uh, my church did a good job teaching us about being a Berean. Uh, I think it's Acts 19, Acts 17, but the Berean Jews, Jews were considered noble and admirable because they didn't just hear what Paul had to say about uh, his beliefs, but they studied the scriptures to see if what he said was true. And if you read that chapter, uh, you see the before that, uh, Paul was preaching and the, 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 I, I forgot, I think it was Athens, but the land, they kicked him out because they didn't like what he was saying. Yes, they were ch basically chasing him and who was with him? Someone else. Yeah. 
out, out into that area. <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah. So the most importantly, for anybody listening, if anyone tells, even what we're saying today, uh, if you disagree, that's fine. But if you are, if you do believe, I recommend to study it out for yourself to make sure that what we're saying aligns with the scripture. It means for us and for the future. But um, why did you choose Japan? You're all the way in America, and I know you. Uh, did you work for the Air Force, or, or how does that work? You don't have to tell me all the details, but just um, how about drew you into the army? I guess. Yes. Yes. So. Uh... I always tell everybody that, you know, where do you want to go? And I always, I used to always say, I go wherever God sends me. So mm-hmm. uh, God has sent me from New York to uh, Georgia and in, in America to California, which is the West Coast in America, all the way to the Far East, uh, Japan. So uh, I did not choose Japan. Um, Japan is a duty station. We ha- uh, The United States military has a couple bases here, and mm-hmm. I'm here to work with the military. Uh, I chose the military for many reasons, but most importantly, to help pay for medical school. And, uh, in America, uh, medical school is expensive. So, uh, you know, I, I came out with not $500,000 in debt, which is the average, like, debt for doctors. Sure. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. America is expensive. Uh, but uh, the military is very good to me. Uh, I've, I'm able to serve my country and um, really able to try to impact America in a different way, because a lot of people in the military are broken and lost, and they'll follow what their commander says, but they won't follow what God says. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to impact the military uh, by being a good representative of Christ first. I'm in God's military first. Amen. Um, but also, uh, I think it does teach me uh, good discipline. It gives me opportunity to uh, travel the world. Yeah, God bless you. Thanks for being in Japan. Thank you. Okay, um, so just a few things about Japan. So what do you love about Japan? What is something you don't love so much? Yes, yes. So Japan, if anyone's listening and they want to come to Japan, just do it. But, you know, it, it, it is expensive. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Japan is amazing. Uh, it, the people are very polite. Um, you know, I'm from New York. And if you drove, if you ever drive in New York, you know, it's kind of, it'll be rough. But in Japan, they're very kind. They let you in. They say thank you by blinking their lights. It's really awesome. Um, also, I'm from America where gun violence is really crazy. Mm-hmm. I think there's 1.2 guns for each American in America. So sure. there's more guns than than, he, than humans. But uh, in Japan, you don't have to worry about that. There's no, the, the crime is very low, <laughs> which is great. Uh, uh, my, my, do- my door is uh, maybe not locked right now. So, uh, <laughs> But I don't, I don't worry about it because Japan is very safe. Uh, what I don't like about Japan is the obvious one. Uh, a, they speak Japanese, which makes sense. Um, I'm not going to say I don't like it. It just makes everything difficult. Nihongo hajimete bukari I'm learning a little bit of Japanese, but it's not easy. Skoshi, um, very little. But uh, it is fun to learn the language. I am honored to be here in Japan. I do. I grew up on anime. Uh, one Piece is the best, my favorite anime of all time. Shout and out I'm to one piece. I, I'm to one piece, <laughs> and um, I'm here. I, I got to meet uh, the voice actor for One Piece for for Monkey D. Luffy, which is what? amazing. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's that, crazy. On my birthday, you know, on your birthday, while I dressed up as Luffy, you know, God loves you. Yeah, that's <laughs> one thing. Uh, and they, I got to go on stage and they introduced me as Monkey D. Luffy for a cosplay competition, and oh, uh, you know, so I I love Japan. 
Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know about staying here because like, I, I miss reading English letters, but uh, I'm honored to be here for the time I'm here. I don't know what to say. That was that's pretty awesome experience in Japan. Yeah, she she's awesome. She sung for us. She sung the she did the One Piece opening live, and she's like 65 years old and has all this energy. It's crazy how a 65 year old female plays the protagonist of one of the greatest animes of all time. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, Manuki Tanaka, I believe. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm sorry. But uh, she's amazing, and she's a treasure in this world. And uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so actually the plan for this podcast is to one day be translated into Japanese. So I'm really happy that you use some Japanese. Yeah. yeah and sure. I'm, I'm still actually kind of like, wow, you actually got to meet. Yeah, yeah. Well, she called me Luffy. You know, I, she called me Luffy. I've been watching Luffy since I was like 15 years old. Oh, wow. So like like half my lifespan has been dedicated to the show. <laughs> uh, twice as long as I've been a disciple. But yeah, I, do love God. I do love God much more, though. You know? Thanks for clarifying yes, that. Yes. For <laughs> everyone. Okay, great. Okay. Um, so I just also wanted to find out, yeah. Um, so actually, I want to agree with you. Uh, Japan has a really, I think, the most politest people on the planet. Um, incredibly considerate and very hospitable. I mean, even the other day, um, so I live on the fifth floor and I have a neighbor on the second floor. And I was just delivering a mango to her. It wasn't even me. I didn't buy the mango for her. I, it was someone else's mango that they asked. And it was like, her kindness is so... Um, you can't withstand it like yeah. so it's literally i was next minute i was in a house eating a um red bean i don't know what red bean, red bean tofu bean. Um, yeah, yeah. pudding drinking some coffee um just chilling in a house <laughs> and then i was like i really should go but thank you so much so yeah definitely um okay so Actually, before we head back in, I feel like we're doing a lot of introductions, but I think it's so important. And I think we're all so different. So it's really cool to hear the perspectives from different people from different walks of life. Um, what really got you into starting your blog? Well, great question. So again, little, little, little key thing in there. Goddessyourblog.com. Goddessyourblog.com. All I'll, work. I'll make a link. <laughs> you know, uh, so yes, I love scripture so much. And my church, I love my church, but uh, they, I, I couldn't talk about my the scripture with people uh, as much as I wanted to, which is very, it hurt me because mm -hmm. I, I love scripture a lot. Like, uh, and when I say that, like I, at that time, I still love scripture, but at that time, my favorite enjoyment was reading i didn't read it to do to get closer to god i read it because i enjoyed doing it at, at that time you know uh it became more real to me later but when i was first reading the bible on my own it was just like whoa 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 a non-stop action so after i got baptized and i'm part of this church i'm trying to talk to the, about some of the things i read and there was no one that really wanted to talk to me um I, maybe they felt intimidated by my knowledge. I didn't go to school for it, but you know I'm in medical school, so I know how to study. Mm -hmm. And uh, but studying the Bible was like it was way more fun to study that. And <laughs> and I had all these questions and no one could answer. So uh, I started my blog because a I wanted a place to 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 put my thoughts. If no one's gonna hear me, I'm gonna put it out there so someone else could read it. Uh, and then. Um, and and then also you know as an outreach um it, it also kind of became my my online diary 
Um, I was able to write stuff that like things that I'm actually going through, um, whether it's difficulties in medical school, difficult decisions I had to make, you know, things that I was I wasn't too happy that I did. Um, it was all out there for anyone to read. And um also I got to, you know, connect it all to the Bible. So it's my way of showing the world who I am. It's my I pay money good money for the website name. And uh, I'm happy it's been out there. It's been there uh, basically as long as I've been a disciple, about six years. Okay, sure. So we'll definitely put the link in the the bio of this episode. Okay. Um, so please check it out. <laughs> okay. So I actually, so today we're going to speak about gender identity. And um, this is something that's impacting us all, um, not only in sort of richer countries where you do feel that it has more of an influence for sure, like more in Europe and America, um, gene identity became more as a, or more of a, I can't say fossilized because it's not really yet. Can you say it's fossilized? Where it's become a social construct that's more acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've watched the news lately, but a lot has been changing over the past few weeks. Um, but I just focus a bit about on where it all started out. And I know I'm speaking now from doing research mostly on the idea of gender identity being fluid, it being something where uh, it's a subjective experience of how you feel. If you're feeling that you, based on your attraction to people, a certain group of people or just a lack of attraction completely. And so what I've discovered was that this social construct kind of, it came out, the gender identity, the definition I just gave, it came out around the 1960s in America at a similar time as when the civil rights movement also started, um, where women were really speaking out about the the gender roles in society for women as well. And so those two things are different, but because gender identity came out at a similar time, it, it is very much connected. Um, even though America did sort of start this out, and I think the research came out more in the 1960s of psychologists actually speaking about it um, as being fluid, gender as being fluid, there were other countries that were already, I think, doing gender-affirming surgeries. I think the one country was Germany, for sure, um, where they started doing vaginal constructions. And um, even I was speaking to my friend the other day, she's um, Congolese, South African, and she was telling me about a specific tribe um that where they were the role of the tribe was to be connected to God. And so they didn't um ever affiliate with the gender as well. So even though we're speaking about I'm speaking about more um the movement that really started in the sixties, there has been different places in different countries in the world where um those ideas have come up, but they they had a specific reason or a specific um purpose i suppose but let's just think about this in terms of the christian viewpoint so i said before that in the past day um not the past but now recently gender identities you can identify as a he or she or a they and i think they're about i always get this number wrong so i'm probably going to say it wrong now i think 63 different genders today um and so this is what society has picked up on and is trying to propagate but what is the truth you know, what is the real truth about gender? How would you define gender? Um, yeah, so as as you were saying, there has been a lot of different definitions. 
put out for what gender identity is, especially nowadays with 63 genders. Uh, I will adhere to the Bible definition of gender, which mm -hmm. is that God made them male and female. Um, Jesus said the same thing too. Um, and uh, I, the biggest issue is that people are saying that gender is a, is a social construct. Um, that's like the, 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 the bio word, mm -hmm. social construct. Everything now is a social construct. Yeah. Uh, even the word social construct is a social, social construct. So what does that mean? That means it could change. Uh, so instead of worrying about the things that could change, I worry about God's words, which will never change, right? Uh, specifically, scientific, I believe, as a doctor and in the science field, I do believe that science is an observation of what God has already created. Mm -hmm. um, so we observe that when you have two X chromosomes, you are a female. Um, there are, and then if you have a Y chromosome, you can have as many X chromosomes as you want. But if you have a Y chromosome, then you are a male. Um, there are some diseases though that you could have a Y chromosome and it appear to be a female, but uh, which we would call phenotype, but that genotypically a male. Um, what does it mean for them? It usually means that they can't have, uh, they, they, they look female, but they can't have a baby. It's a AIS or androgen insensitivity syndrome. However, in general, for a normal, you have one X, two X's or one X, one Y. I do believe that it's only two genders, um, uh, male and female. Yes. And we can see that in also through scripture, um, through Genesis, where God does create them as male and female, and this was done before. I think the chronological order of how things were made is pretty important because as soon as sin came into the picture, then we started seeing strange relations with other people. So there, there is sort of like this um, origin of where our confusion comes from. Mm -hmm. and that that the answer is actually it's sin. Um, and I think if we um, think about a person's gender, um, it it is based on the way we generate new life because our gender is, it shows us um, how the part you play in uh, generating life, producing life. And um, it's not something that you you can really construct it's something that is something that you created with you constructed in that form um and so i think the one thing that you cannot change that you cannot argue around is that there are roles in the world that you you cannot get rid of in order for human lives to continue and there to be civilization and that is the role of father and mother and you know, you don't become a mother just because you say you're a woman. It's it's specific to not only biology, but also the way God made us, which is spirit, soul, and body. Mm -hmm. um, and so this part is not just separate part of our, just like a body, like an objective thing. It's it's also what God has said us to be. Mm -hmm. um, and because we know of sin and how it obscures and changes uh, our perception and the way we experience our life, um, when we come to know God and come to know the truth, he doesn't only work on the body, he works on the soul and the spirit, the different places that sort of have been given over to the parts in. Um, and so there's a lot of this confusion, I think. Um, and um, if, I think a good way to remember it is, I, I read this from 
a, a theology of the body, not the real one, but the commentary, because the actual work of theology of the body is very difficult, actually. Um, but if we look at the root word of gender, so we get all kinds of words from the root word, and it's words such as generous, generate, and genetics, genealogy, and all means to produce or give birth to. Um, right, so through this, and this is a word that didn't come out, you know, out of nowhere. It's it's a word that people in ancient civilizations also used to describe other each other. Um, and so a person's gender isn't valuable social construct. You can't just um, change it according to a feeling or something subjective. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, we can see many different consequences of getting sort of sexual identity, um, not confused, but yes, confused. And I think many that we can see as in a lot of the feminist movements that are going on at the moment, and also um, sort of, um, I don't know, this this claim of wanting a specific role, but these roles end up not generating life, they actually generate death. And we can see that through how um, abortion rates have risen. Yeah. So, um, what do you think are consequences or other consequences of getting our sexual identity confused? Yeah, I, I do agree with the generating of death uh, once we confuse it. Um, I mean, there's a lot in America. Like, uh, there's there's a there's a lot of issues with the gender identity movement. One, uh, you know. The the biggest one is a they're forcing it down on people. This is a new idea. Is it, there has been hints in the past, but not making it to a fact that you could be uh, male, female. Uh, one person could be a they. As a doctor, they trained me to like allow them to do this. Oh really? Yes, and at least in America, like if they prefer if it was a male and they prefer to be called a she, we should say she. That's what they teach us. Um, <clears throat> And uh, I, I, I felt like that was, that's like saying that, oh, if they're diabetic and then they say that they're not diabetic, then we should say, oh yeah, you're not diabetic. Like, that, that, <laughs> we're, we're allowing people who may not be healthy to remain not healthy. And um, that's how I feel. Now, the real hurt comes um, in the, and th these are not, this is not me just like saying what if, this is what's actually happening. In America, you could be a male, biologically, like not on hormone therapy, and then say that I'm a female. And then you can go into a female's locker room or a female's bathroom, and you can be there with the female, even though you look like a male, but you sound like a male. You just say that you're a female. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you have, you know, more of an accent that's more feminine, but your body, you know, your organs are still masculine. And, um, and you can look this up, you know, like I said earlier, to, to fact check everything we're saying, but there, there are cases of men going into women's bathrooms and maybe beating or harming or sexually touching uh, other women. And uh, in middle school and high school, while they're going through puberty, which is a crazy time for them, too. So and men's puberty is not the same thing as women's puberty. So there's just so many obvious things that are wrong and it's crazy how people are still trying to push this on the children and on on our on our society and um the worst part is that if you counter it then you're being labeled a bigot or a hater or 
like like toxic, like toxic you know. It, so now that now you came in contact without being abused, but people will see that this is nonsense. Uh, I think the the one thing that's good that's coming out of this is that people are more open to realizing how much society teaches them what they believe, and now they can question that and look for a better answer. And um, as we'll probably talk about later, I believe that the best answer than the Bible, the best answer is Jesus. Yes, God Himself. Yeah, I think, yeah, I remember, um, I, I think I heard something where they were even being upset about giving out pregnancy tests to women because you don't know if it's a woman. And then something came to my mind. So when I was in medical school, they actually taught us that um, a woman is pregnant and will prove it otherwise. Yes. So basically, you just, no matter what you're doing, you just give a woman a pregnancy test. Because, I mean, many times women don't even know that you're pregnant. And if you don't know the proper facts, then you can cause damage. And it's unheeding me because you gave the wrong medication. You didn't account, give a pregnancy an account when you were giving the treatment. So um, for me, that was just crazy. And it's like, I never knew that you were actually calling them they or they were told you to call them they. So that's definitely a health, um, a risk to women's health or yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, to both, because in America or solely around the world, and I, I see this today, uh, we'll have a patient come in and it's a female, but it's a male who's transitioning into a female. Yeah. And I would tell my team, okay, guys, like, do I need to do a pregnancy test or not? Like, do they have a vagina? The, the, I, I, mm -hmm. My team will tell me, hey, we have this male, female person. I'm like, no, you got to tell me if it's a male or female. So, uh, and then I would ultimately be the one who would go in there and say, hey, um, what? how would you like me to call you? And then I will ask, you know, I, I understand that you're transitioning from male to female. And they'll say yes. And I said, okay, perfect. Now I know I don't need to order a pregnancy test. Or if they're male who's female transitioning to male, I got to make sure I ask. Because even though they're transitioning, they still need to have a pap smear. They still need to have the pregnancy test. They still need to have things that males don't need because males don't have those parts. So yeah. there's a lot of confusion. I mean, I understand why they teach this to us, but I think uh, it's still not treating the heart of it, which is the confusion between, you know, gender identity. I mean, we all know, or most of us know, uh, gender dysphoria was a psychological disorder yeah. for a long time until they get, got rid of it on the DSM-4. Um, and now... I think there's a rampant amount of genetic dysphoria. Not just the ones that there are some that maybe are more stable. Yeah. But there's a lot of them that are not stable. It's like a very clear cut um, view of how society has an effect on medicine and healthcare as well. The pressure from society, which is quite scary. Yes, it's 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 true though. It's yeah. Percent true. Okay. So, for sure. So that's really something that we can see in our world and what's happening today. Uh, but the big question is, let's first actually talk about it. What is sin? What is sin? Um, okay. So what is sin? Sin is, at bare minimum, sin is uh, what separates us from God. Okay. Um, so how do we know what sin is and what God told us? He, we all know the Ten Commandments. Uh, if you break any of those commandments, that's considered sin. Um, so 
sin is ultimately anything that separates us from God, and God is the author and founder of life. Without him, we have no life. So, but the, if sin separates us from the life giver, you die. So, sin, uh, Romans six twenty three says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of to God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So, uh, there's a much more deeper definition, but that's like a basic. Yeah, um, I remember uh, because uh, the Greek is hamartia, which is a lack of, and so a sin is a falling short of the glory of God and. Um, you can look at it in different ways, I suppose. You can say like, oh, you know, I'll never be a God. But that's the point. Like, we will never be God. We will always be created by God. He will always be creator. That is the truth. And um, because I think when you are trying to recreate things, um, that is by nature, in your part of your created nature that God is, has made, um, we tend to become our own gods or we try to become gods and we can see that very clearly in our world today how people can take their own personal religion and um in every way try to satisfy themselves because they, they are god um or think they are god and it yeah it makes me think of um yeah romans one the last chapter of romans one where you said the penalty of sin is death. And we can see how the social construct of gender is something that's leading us to death or, you know, extinction <laughs> in a way. In a way. Um, yeah. But there is always hope. And there's always hope in Jesus. And um, how how does God give us hope in, in this situation? Oh, yeah. This is so uh, my, one of my favorite scriptures in the bible uh is and by scripture i mean like the words i don't remember where it is but there's nothing new under the sun uh it's in the book of ecclesiastes it's repeated it a ton of times and this what we're seeing today is there's nothing new humans have always tried to redefine things and make it work for themselves and then god every single time would shut it down but he'll keep a remnant you know those who believe in him to to help you know grow them up uh if you look at the old testament Israel, who are God's chosen people, they would say, oh, God is not our God anymore. Balaam is our God. Or mm. like, oh, we should do it this way. Well, God said do it this way. Well, we don't want to do it that way. So, uh, you know, let's create the high places. Yeah. Let's create the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the poles. I, I forgot what it's called. Ashtoreth. Ashtoreth poles, like all these things. And uh, you can read First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, just a bunch of bad decisions. Uh, and a couple good ones, a couple. So uh, <laughs> I need to make sure I remember what your question was. Uh, well, any hope? Yes. So the hope is that every time it happened in the past, God had a plan. He He said, "Okay, out with the old and in with the new." Um, and that was the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have Jesus. Jesus is, you know, the the, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, as they say in Hebrews one. Um, or he was eleven. No, he was one. Yeah, and uh, that he's he's alive. And he, as my blog is called, it's called God is here. He's still here, uh, even though we may not be able to see him or touch him. Uh, the Bible he says, uh, "Praise those who don't need to see me and touch me, and touch me to believe mm -hmm. um, that he was risen." 
so our hope is that God will take care of it. Um, I do believe that there's a lot of uh, confusion in our world today, but that confusion only highlights the importance of Jesus. Mm. One of the things in America that we have a huge problem with is that we're too comfortable and uh, we feel like we don't even need God. Um, so now that your child is like being taught that, hey, mom, when I grow up, I want to be a woman and that man. You might be like, oh, that's that's not right. But why isn't that right? Is it not right because you don't like it? Or is it not right because it's not what, it's not true? But then how you know what truth is? Um, and I always go back to uh, Jesus' uh, uh, famous reaction to uh, Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? And Jesus didn't say this to him. He said nothing. Or he said that, you know, my kingdom is not from here. But a couple of chapters back, he does say that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. No one comes to the Father except through me, John 14, 6, I think. Uh, so I said I want to say that, yes, we have hope. It's hope in Jesus. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. Sin is falling short. Um, Romans 3, 23, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, so what should we do? You know, there's nothing that we can do ourselves we have to rely on jesus if we can't go through the gate that is jesus then we would not have life yeah. and that's the importance of believing in jesus and the difference between christianity and every other religion um because you know people always say that all religions are the same the difference is that we believe that jesus is god and that he's alive yeah. and that he died for our sins uh, and, and that there's a there's a power in that belief that I, in my opinion usurps all other power on earth yeah, and I think that sets Christianity aside from different religions is that what God actually gives us is Himself. Exactly. He gives Himself. He literally, um, I think people say, what's the point of Christianity? Like, what's the end point? It's like, God, you get God. And basically, He comes into your life and He's able tra to transform us in ways that we could never do by ourselves. Amen. No amount of self help books, enlightenment meditations could ever bring us into the person God wants to be, bring us into this incredible relationship with God. And I'm saying incredible because um, it's like when you give God your life, he transforms your life. And God is absolute goodness and truth and love and beauty. And he transforms you into the image of God, mm. into who he made you to be. And that's sort of what people are trying to do is to be God, to make them into an image of what you know, it's we we can't do that yeah. because we are not creators, and yeah, I think um, just in general, sin. Everyone sins. We all have sins that we all tend to more easily, and also having the um, same sex attraction um, in the sense that you you're lusting over. If you're a man, you're lusting over a man, or you're a woman, you're lusting over a woman. Lust in any way is is sin it's it's not from god it's not god's standard for our lives um and it's contrary to love um these these sins do have an impact on our lives and i think overall they there is a spiritual warfare a spiritual battle for our souls that's raging all all the time and god gives us a choice so he brings us jesus he literally comes to earth mm -hmm. he he shares who god really is so that you can't be confused about who God is. And we have a choice to make. Are we going to choose Christ? Are we going to choose God, the life he has for us? Or are we going to choose our own way, our personal truth, our personal way of doing things? We can see that when we choose our own way, it goes into death. 
but with Christ we are led into life and an abundance of life. Um, I want to quickly add to that. Mm. You know, it's one of my favorite scriptures. This is Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. Uh, I believe it's Moses talking to the Israelites uh, when they, before they're going to the promised land. But he says, <clears throat> This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. And he will give you many years in the land he swore to you to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm-hmm. And that same question, it, you know, do you want to choose life or choose death? Is the same question that, you know, God is asking us today. Mm-hmm. And I think many of us at times think, oh, but is God enough? And he absolutely is. He provides for all our needs, even if you think about it, like a sexual need or whatever, underlying all of these desires and needs is a deep and strong desire to be connected with God. And so God answers all those questions in his very self. And he is not far away from us. He has come close to us through Christ. So we can just call on the name of Jesus. We can pray, Jesus, I need you in my life. I'm in a place where I shouldn't be. I don't want to follow my own way, or my own path, because it's not enough. Um, and... Yeah, maybe you can lead us through the steps. Like, how do you become a Christian? Well, well, yeah. And that's actually something that I've been studying a lot for a while now because my church kind of taught me, like, a specific way that they do it. And I just felt like it was always kind of iffy. Uh, my best answer is I like, I like, I think God likes to keep things simple. Um, yeah, he says that if you believe in me, then you are really my follower. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Uh, mm. And uh, I want to quote that scripture, but my brain is not telling me what it is. It's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I always that, that that saying that the truth will set you free. Mm. People, you know, you hear that in all kinds of TV shows and movies. It's from the Bible first. Jesus said it first, okay? He says, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. To the Jews that believe in him. Um, so I believe that it starts with believing in Jesus. Mm, it, it does. If yeah. you start by believing in Jesus, God will transform you into a Christian. That, that's 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 that simple. Like a lot of people say you got to do Romans road. You got to do a prayer, you know, pray Jesus to your heart. Uh, you have to be baptized. I think we add a lot of layers to it that uh, that's what that's part, that's part of what I've been studying now. But I think it just it just starts with belief. Um, the gift of salvation is a gift. You know, God gives he gave us free will, and He gave us an opportunity to accept Jesus. Uh, the Bible said that He's knocking on the door, uh, so it's up to you to open it. You could not open it. You know, whenever those Jehovah Witness knock on your door, you know, you, you don't have to open it. But Jesus is knocking on your door. And if you're listening to us right now, he's doing it right now. So it's up to you to want to welcome him in. Um, and it doesn't matter how dirty your house is. Jesus already knows. And he's such a gentleman. He is such a gentleman. Jesus does not barge in. You literally have to knock. <laughs> and so you can, he will open the door. And he'll just come in. And yeah, it's a mess. You don't have to fix it up. He'll just start fixing it up for you. Like, wait, wait, Jesus, I, I don't need you to touch that. Just sit down. He's like, no, no, don't worry about it. Like, he, he's the nicest, 
being you would ever you would you would ever welcome into your home yeah and uh i know for my life he, he changed my life um i I'm, i work with a lot of doctors some doctors are very bitter i'm sure some of us listening may have had a poor um experience with the doctor but he maybe had an amazing experience with another doctor and I'm not trying to say, it, you know, anything like specific or exact, but I wouldn't be surprised if that doctor was a Christian. You know, Christians are a true Christian who follows Jesus should be kind and compassionate. Um, I'm trying to grow in my grumbling because I grumble a lot. And my my girl just told me that uh, grumbling is a sin. And as the scripture says, do not, in everything you do, do not grumble. <laughs> and I'm just like, dang. All right, no, no more grumbling. So I'm not gonna grumble anymore. But uh, you know, I'm gonna work at it with all my heart. I'm working for the Lord because that, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. But to answer your question, it starts with belief. Yes. Believe in Jesus, and, and everything else will follow. Yes. Um, especially you know these programs aren't probably not. It, it's it's a point of that Jesus changes us, but we have to go read through rehabilitation that's why they say hospital is for sick people we have to be rehabilitated again into a people of god because we've been in the world for so long so that that is a process and it's different for each person but um yeah believing in jesus is the first step into becoming a christian for sure okay great okay i should probably say okay great I'm a teacher, so like yeah. after every point, like when we finished a, a section, I'm like, okay, great, everyone is good. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. Okay. And um, specifically to do with um, if you're feeling in yourself that you're attracted, if you're a man, you're attracted to a man, or you're a woman, you're attracted to a woman. The point is, surrender that to God. Say, God, I'm feeling these way, this way. I don't understand it. I don't necessarily think that i'm gay or lesbian or i don't want i don't want to associate in that way but lord help me like show me and jesus will answer you he will show you um, what to do and it, it, te- it takes surrender a surrendering of that part of our lives to god maybe it's an area of um the sexuality area of our life okay we actually have to actively surrender that to god and say lord i'm afraid you know i'm afraid what you're going to do but i it starts with trusting saying, Lord, I trust you. I know that you can transform me. And um, I want my desires and my uh, my person to be aligned with who you are and who you say I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to add to that, because I know we, we talked about the desires for, uh, you know, homosexual, uh, but it's the same thing for heterosexual. Uh, yeah, exactly. Whether uh, in God's eyes, uh, the person that you, your ultimate partner should be your spouse. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we we're going to go there, but it's I'm very passionate about it. Uh, a lot of Christians don't understand that why God doesn't approve of sex before marriage. Yeah. Uh, in the Bible, they call it fornication. Um, yeah. And some people say that it's not in the Bible. No, it is. It's in there. Uh, you can go find it uh but uh or, or or if you are married any sex outside of your marriage is considered a sin you know we, i don't need to tell you that you already know but god has already said it he says that the only person that you should be wanting to have sexual relations with is your spouse not your your siblings not your your uh not your your parents you know not your aunties uncles um you know not your not not 
not another man because you can't, according to God's words, you can't marry a man. Marriage is between a male and a woman, yeah. according to the Bible. It's not a social construct. It's not, marriage is yeah. a gift given from God. Marriage to glorify Him. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's a whole other con- like like conversation. Like, what if you don't believe in God? Why are you getting married? You know, uh, and that's uh, that's actually a core reason why my marriage rates are like fifty percent divorce now yeah. because a lot of people are marrying. For not godly reasons, but for other reasons, and you know hey, that's been happening for the last thousands of years. But uh, going back to you know the, the core uh, issue is, you know the, the 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 greatest the commandments can be summed up as this: to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love people as yourselves. Yeah. And a lot of people fail at the first one, um, which is the first and greatest commandment. So. Uh, it's not surprising when things are being led to death if they're not understanding who God is. Yeah, and I can add to that because um, even I've been tempted in sometimes my life to engage in it's um, sex outside of marriage, and the temptation was there. And I remember this one time, um, and I just heard these words that said "Hail Lucifer" in my head, and I freaked out. I was like, mm. "What is going on?" And it was like God was like saying to me, "This does not glorify me. This does not um, align with my desires for your life, because God loves us the most, yeah. more than anything else. So His commands are not there just to say no permission or." Oh, you can't go there because he wants to hold it out on us. He actually wants the best for us. And so when we follow his his commands, sometimes we don't always understand them. But um, we can, if, we, if you read the Bible more deeply and you really study, God will show you. Um, that's why he's, we're always taught to seek and seek more. Um, but yeah, just how um, any sin God is not okay with, he always wants to root it out of us. And it starts starts at the heart. Um, now, so. I would like to add to that, any sin is not okay because it's, that's what separates us from God. However, Jesus does emphasize the uh, the sexual sin, yeah. the dangers of that. So I believe, and I don't know where it is, but so y'all can, y'all can Google me, but sexual, every other sin harms outside the body. Mm. But sexual sin is the only sin that harms the actual body. That's why God is so big on it. Yeah, some people say, why would God care about who I have sex with and this and that? Like, I, God shouldn't care about my sexual, what happens in my bedroom. No, God does care because... He it, made sex. <laughs> yeah, and, and he made it so that it could be good. He, sex is not evil. And a lot of devout people would say that, oh, sex is bad. No. If you're married, yeah, have as long as it's consensual, you can do whatever you want. You know, God is fine. Um, uh, some, uh, and I don't know, I'm not married, so I don't really know the answer to this yet, but some people would even say that uh, lusting at your wife is not the same thing as lusting at your girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's like, I, I don't know, some people say that. So, like, so they'll consider that that's not a sin versus, you know, doing it to somebody who is not, you're not married to. Whoa, so I actually have... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a comment. Yeah, because um, I I know for a fact that there is lust in marriage for sure, but it's still not God's standard. Like He doesn't want us to lust over each other in marriage. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that the the definition changes a little bit, but uh, we don't have to go there. What I'm trying to say is, uh, sexual sin is a little bit more emphasized. Jesus talks about it in Matthew five. 
how uh, a man who looks at a woman, uh, Matthew five twenty eight, I think, a man who looks at a woman lustfully commits adultery with her in his heart, and you know adultery is considered a sin. Um, uh, he said that right after that, that it's better for you to pluck out your eyeball or chop off your right arm than for your whole body to burn in hell. Uh, yeah. So he makes it very clear that um, sex is a he, sexual sin is huge. Not even the act, the thought of it is yeah. even huge. And in America, where pornography is uh, easy to access and free, you know, for the most part, it's a it's like that should actually be more spoken about than the LGBT, you know, like the fact that pornography is rampant. And, you know, I didn't, we didn't, we didn't you know, right now I follow, I don't know if you know about the Our campaign, no. O-U-R. No. They uh, just released a movie and it's they're getting more viral, so I'm very proud of them. But they basically work with sexual trafficking victims by going there and rescuing children who have been sexually oh, trafficked. So awesome. Yeah, it's so awesome, but it's also awful. Yeah. You know, there's a sex. We all agree that sexual trafficking is wrong, right? Yeah. But if you go on pornography, some of those people that you're watching are sexually trafficked as well. And it, like a gateway drug, some people who start with pornography now want more, and they pay to have a chat room. Oh, now they want to see the person. Oh, now they want to, to explore other other realms. Like, oh, I want to, whether it's with a male or with a female or whatever. And I'm not, that's just what's happening. They made a whole movie just so, just so they can raise awareness because people don't know. Um, I didn't know about sexual trafficking until I watched Taken. Oh, really? Liam Neeson, when his daughter was taken. And then it was, she was, I think, essentially being sexually trafficked. And then he's trying to, Save her. Save her. And uh, but I didn't know that sexual trafficking was like a real thing until that. And yeah, I started doing my research and it, it was scary because Taken was kind of, to me, it was kind of scary if you yeah. ever seen that movie. Because, uh, but it's real. People are really going, they'll, they'll get kidnapped. You won't know where they go, maybe drug, or they go to a party and then you call your, your daughter and then you don't hear back from her. You don't know what happened to her. She's lost. She's uh, lost. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, all I say this all to say that sexual sin is As a, is, 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 is bad. All sin is yeah. bad, but God does Jesus and God does make an effort to talk about sexual sin. Yeah, yeah. Just talking about the sexual traf sex trafficking of minors and of women, even men. You know, yeah, it's, men, yeah. it's actually crazy. Um, even in Japan, I've become more aware of it. In Tokyo specifically, yeah. Uh, in Kabukicho, in those areas where it's just done, like, and it's. It's sort of under everyone's nose, and there's very little awareness made of it, you know. And it's it's so scary because um, the there are just so many levels of I'm not going to talk about it too much, but different kinds of people involved in it, and not necessarily people you'd expect. Also, people in politics that you you would desire for them to do good for the people to protect their daughters and their children and their country, but no, it's. It's 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 rampant. It's crazy, and I, I think what you're saying is starting off with these, you know, soft drugs. You know, pornography is just soft and stuff. It it ends up at least to something. It's making you less human, less desensitized to people as human beings who deserve to be honored because they're made in the image of God. And yeah, that's that's definitely. And that that was great. That was that was written two thousand years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know.
and and politics yeah same thing in america like we don't know how corrupt our system is the billionaires you know i forgot his name the guy who on a whole whole island i I think epstein right he he, he's a billionaire with a bunch of other billionaires who was found guilty for doing some horrible things and then he had a list there's people on that list who are not even in trouble but we know that they're on a list so yeah, it's it's a uh, guilty by association. Yeah, and yeah. but if you, I mean, if you're on the list, you're like super guilty in my opinion. But <laughs> uh, whether you ignored it or you're funding it, I don't know. But that's that's the power of that's like one of the big things. About choose your friends carefully. And that's why we say choose life because if yeah. you don't choose God, you're, you're choosing death. Yeah, amen. Okay, so this is being so awesome. I think I could speak. We could speak so much more actually, but um. I know people don't have such a great attention span. So uh, if you could, um, yeah, close up with the prayer for the listeners, that'd be great. Amen. Um, okay, guys. Uh, Father Lord, we just say thank you so much for this uh, podcast. Thank you so much for the discussion that we had. We pray that those who are listening are able to go back and uh, kind of look up some of the verses that were shared and do their own research for what's going on in their own city. Um, this is the first time I'm hearing about the sexual trafficking in Tokyo, but I'm not surprised with all these maid cafes. Uh, but Father Lord, I just pray for all the victims around the world. Pray for all those who are struggling with their sexual sin, whether it's with homosexual or heterosexual relationships, Lord. Lord, we just pray that you can help all of them kind of repent and see what true what what your what your way is and that your way is the best way. Um, Lord, I, I want to pray for all those who are listening as well, uh, if, whether they are in their faith or they're not interested or they're willing to start studying it out. Lord, I pray that you could just be with them as they grow. Um, I pray that they could come to a belief of Jesus and, and not the, you know, European style Jesus, but the Jesus of the Bible. Um, and that they can uh, really get to know you because ultimately religion is a relationship with you. And that's what we get when we become a Christian. And Lord, we just say thank you for this time. Thank you for what you've done in our lives to bring us to this point, to do this podcast. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Praise God. Okay. That's a wrap, everyone. See you next time. <laughs>